With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, all. Um, we'll be talking some news and happenings in the NHL today, but I wanted to mention this off the top. Um, you know, sometimes it's good for us to actually watch a sporting event where you don't have any kind of rooting interest in. And I'm not a college football guy. And I didn't watch a lot of it, but I had to check in periodically throughout the night just to see what was going on because a friend of mine who was rooting for one of the teams in the Clemson-Alabama game. And, you know, I I see all these fans in the stands just, like, absolutely crestfallen. Like, you know, Alabama scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and all the Clemson people look like they, their, their dog had just been killed. And then, and then Clemson comes down and scores a touchdown with literally one second left to go. And the Alabama fans, who won the national championship last year, it looked like they, you know, look like Bills fans after an, after an, their seventeenth season of missing the playoffs. It's it, it's it's funny because um, I just I didn't have any kind of emotional attachment to it at all, and it was funny just to watch it as an event. Yeah, I you know it's. I saw Skip Bayless already threw dirt on Clemson, and then they came back and won. So people ripped him for that hot take, and that's what you got to watch about hot takes. I really have no opinion. If people enjoyed the game, great. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, like I said, college football is not on the radar for me, and never has been for me either. Yeah, and if it's a well, don't you think that's weird? I mean, okay, you're. You know, you're from the, the the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. You know that area, and college football. I mean, what what the biggest team is Rutgers? Yeah, there was nothing. I mean, when I was a kid, I would watch like Joe Montana and Notre Dame games. I would watch uh, Notre Dame basketball. I guess trying to think. Um, oh, Adrian Dantley was their big star. Yeah. You know, and that's I would end up watching Notre Dame. But at the end of the day, I didn't have any real connection. There was nothing close. Uh, you know, Nassau Community College had a team. I didn't even know, and I went there. Yeah, and, and I had and, to apologize to Brian Baldinger at a party. He, I got invited to his party, and, you know, he's on the uh, NHL network and various other networks, and he was a star on that team, and he actually – he said, oh, you went to Nassau Community? I went, yeah. And he goes, so did you watch me on the football team? And I'm like, what team? And he goes, you're kidding, right? And I'm like, no. And then I texted one of my best friends, and I said, hey, did you ever – see a football game in Nassau Community College. And she goes, they had a football team? Like, we just had no idea. I felt bad because he was a great player, played for the Cowboys, great analyst, but... The, the, the school I went to was Division Three, so they, you know, they... they I, I'm I, sure I, Nassau Community was Division Two at best. Yeah, and, uh, and, and like, in college basketball, I mean, obviously, in your area and in my area... Uh, the Big East was the big thing, but now the Big East is no longer in existence, and teams like Syracuse and Boston College are are uh, are in like the ACC now. So it's it, yeah, it, it the northeastern corridor, at least the area that you're from, and sort of in the area I'm from. I mean, we have no real big college football, college basketball powers. It's all pro sports, and if it isn't pro sports, it's not really on the radar anymore. I mean, I went to University of Houston for a short time. I got into it. You know, the Astrodome was 
was the uh, place they played, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to to sneak in booze in the Astrodome because it was indoors. It was easy. Back then, they didn't check you. And <laughs> I was probably more interested in that than the games. They had some good players. Obviously, they made it to the Cotton Bowl. I was excited. And then who was it? Doug Flutie uh, ruined that excitement, right? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, the only thing I remember from the University of Houston, and this was probably before you went, was Fi Slam a Jamma with. That uh, was just before I went. I was there the year after. Yeah, the Olajuwon and Drexler, and yeah, anyway. Yeah, they uh, had some good guys after, but that was their big thing. And um, yeah, they were they were a big basketball school. I went to basketball games there. Obviously, that was a a big deal. Eighty five Cotton Bowl Classic. Yeah, Doug Flutie. Yeah. Yep. Um. Okay. Good times. Uh, Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2017. Oh, I almost did an echo in there. (laughs) I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Well, the NHL announced their All-Star Game rosters uh, around noon today. And we'll just quickly go over them because, you know, there's no really debate points here. It's just, you know. Oh, there are. I disagree. I found a few. Well, the one one thing, and I didn't, I, I don't know the reason why but you know from what i remember when it was eastern western conference the most they would ever pick is three goaltenders now they're picking four two from each division which i mean now you're talking about what each goaltender getting you know 15 minutes and then they get yanked. yeah because it's three on three and they don't want them to get hurt well i mean yeah i mean that's and okay we'll, we'll, we'll just go through the list here atlantic division i, I also looked up the rules because you know me i have to figure that out too and I guess they allowed one fan vote for each division, and then and then I guess like hockey ops or somebody's picking after that. Now wasn't the wasn't the fan vote who was the who the captain was? Well, maybe, but it just said one for each division, and so I found some glaring mistakes, as you will. And yeah, well, it, it was it was the captain because remember John Scott was the captain, right? Okay. Um, and the 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 voted the voted players uh, the fan elected players were Carey Price from the Atlantic. Uh, let's see, Sidney Crosby from the Metro, Connor McDavid from the Pacific, and PK Subban from the Central. I mean, fine. I'm not going to kill that. And he's hurt right now, so he probably right. will have if he can't come back, he'll have to opt out, and they'll have yep. to pick somebody else from Nashville, which will probably mean. You know, Roman Yossi. It had to be a probably get the call. Yeah, it'd be Yossi. But, um, okay, Atlantic Division, we have two goaltenders, Price and Rask. Defenseman, Victor Hedman of Tampa Bay, Eric Carlson and Shea, of Ottawa and Shea Weber of Montreal. Forwards, Nikita Kucherov, Tampa Bay, Brad Marchand, Boston, Austin Matthews, Toronto, Franz Nielsen, Detroit, Kyle Stop right there. Okay. I have no idea why Franz Nielsen's on this team. I get that he's got 22 points. I get that he's a good defensive player, even on a bad defensive team. But Thomas Vanek has more points. Thomas Vanek is a guy that I would want in a three-on-three game way more than I'd want Franz Nielsen. And he is more of an all-star caliber player. I don't get why Franz Nielsen made it over Thomas Vanek. I think Vanek is getting jobbed here. Yeah, and I – I mean, I and I, I can't pull up his stats right now, but I mean, unless Nielsen Dylan is twenty two points, Vanek is twenty five. Unless Dylan Larkin is having a really bad year, he's got I, eleven I, goals and fifteen points. I may have looked this yeah, up. Yeah, okay, then, then, yeah, but then, you know, I mean, does it, does, it, it, does the team have input in these decisions? Because Nielsen's a five hockey, hockey ops. 
Yeah, I mean Nielsen's of Nielsen signed a long-term deal and Vanek is a one-year rental. So maybe who cares? This is about I, the best players. I agree. I think the I think the player that the player that's most deserving, meaning the one who has the most. If you're taking a forward from Detroit, it's the guy who has the most points. I mean, based on based on the game that we saw, I'd say Anthony Mantha should be the All-Star choice. But, but right. Okay, uh, Kyle Oposo from Buffalo. I, I, if Ryan O'Reilly wasn't in and out of the lineup twice this year, I would have said yeah. it would be O'Reilly. But Oposo has been relatively. I think healthy. it's kind of ironic though that Oposo and Nielsen both made it. Islander fans have to be pissed. Yeah, and Vincent Trocheck from t- from Florida. I mean, that's a statement. You know, Barkoff has had an off year. Yes, Uberdo's been hurt. Bukestad's been hurt. Um, there was some talk about Yager being invited because, uh, but he may be there before this top 100 mm-hmm. announcement because he'll undoubtedly be part of that team. Right. Um, I don't really have any problem with the goaltender choices. I mean, R- Rask has had a pretty good year. Price is price. I mean, the only guy I would say that you might want to, you may have wanted to give a, a nod to may have, been, may have been Craig Anderson, but because of the situation that he's going through right now with his wife, he probably would have opted out for the all-star game to spend time with his wife. Um, okay. Uh, Metropolitan division, you know, Sidney Crosby, that's a terrible choice. Um, Taylor Hall, New Jersey Devils. Who else were you going to choose? Uh, Evgeny Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, Wayne Simmons, Philadelphia, John Tavares, Islanders. Defense, Justin Falk, Carolina, Seth Jones, Columbus, uh, Ryan McDonough, New York Rangers, Sergey Bobrovsky, and Braden Holtby, the goaltenders. I have, you know, Seth Jones is having a really good year. To me, I'm surprised. Yeah, 18 it's not- points. Wierenski is head and shoulders better. You just stole my – that's – I mean, Wierenski. I stole your thunder. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's – I don't know how you don't take Wierenski. He's been such a difference maker. He's going to be a finalist for the Calder. And Seth Jones was out for, what, four weeks? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how they do- how they choose Seth Jones. I mean, just sort of – it sort of gets under my skin when they're like, well, Matthews and Line are there as rookies. It's like, Wierenski should be too. He's yeah. just as deserving. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. Not even a rookie. One of the best defensemen. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but he, he's getting snubbed. Here's the biggest snub on the whole entire all-star list. It's Michael Grabner. I don't know how Michael Grabner is not there. It doesn't matter what he pre- – listen, if John Scott's getting a movie about him and actually made it last year and had no goals, yeah. Michael Grabner's amongst the league leaders. I don't care if it's a career year. The guy deserves to be an all-star. Yeah, he's got 18 goals. Yeah. yeah. How do you keep him off? But do you think he deserve do you think he deserves to be to be on that team over McDonough? Not over McDonough, over Taylor Hall. You have to choose a devil. That's you the thing. To? There's yeah, they you have there has okay. to be one representative from each team. That's the thing. It's like, Oh no, no, but the Sharks have three. So they could have multiple Rangers. No, but each team has to have at least one. I know, I get that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, okay, there's nobody There's nobody on the Devils you can choose from their defense. There's nobody. You can't choose Corey Schneider because he's not having a great year, and there's Bobrovsky, Holpe, and Lundquist. You can't choose him over them. So it's got to be their best forward. And So, so it's either Taylor Hall or P.A. Parenteau. So well, Hold on. I may have another option here. Hold on. Or, you know, Mike Camilleri or, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a defenseman on unless you take uh, Severson. That's what I'm looking up is Severson's numbers. Eh, 20. I mean, <laughs> Severson's 
he, he's not deserving of it. But I'm just saying, Michael Grabner's getting screwed here. Yeah, he I, I think you know that there are omissions, and he's having a he's having an All Star caliber year. But yeah, I mean, I think that was he was a victim of the numbers, basically. If, if, let's just say this: if all of a sudden Ovechkin or Malkin, somebody with multiple choices, drops out because of illness or injury, I think Grabner is going to be the guy that gets that gets to be. Packed. I would hope. I don't know at this point, but I would hope. Um, Central Division goaltenders: Corey Crawford. Now, that's a questionable one because he's been out for a while. Yeah. I mean, Corey Crawford and Devin Dubnik. Now, who who else would you choose in the Central Division besides Corey Crawford? Not Allen, probably not. Hallbuck, no. 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 Yeah, I mean that it, it's it's probably process of it's probably you know it defaults. Uh, it does default because even I was looking even at Duncan Keith, and he is having a better year than Peter Angelo and and Shattenkirk. So you know the the Blackhawks with that division. They're going to have multiples. There's no way around it. Now, defense, Keith, Subban, and Suter. And as we said, if Subban cannot play, then more than likely it's going to be a Nashville Predator because there's no other Nashville Yeah, it'll be Yossi. It's going to be Yossi. Uh, forwards, uh, Patrick Kane, no shock. Patrick Laine, that might be – now, that's going to be if, – if Patrick Laine cannot play, it's going to be Shifley because he's the only yes. one with a peg jet. Yeah. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is the only Colorado Avalanche player. I think Tyler Sagan is only in because Jamie Benn got hurt. Yep. Uh, Tarasenko and Jonathan Taves. And a lot of people are like, you know, here again, Jonathan Taves was out for over a month and his offensive totals are not great. That's a reputation pick more than anything. It is. Uh, Pacific. Uh, we have Martin Jones. Again, something I mentioned to you off air that I think is worthy of repeating. It's the NHL's 100th year All-Star game. Some guys are going to make it on reputation. Right. Uh, in the Pacific, the goaltenders are, and this is this is a product of Jonathan Quick being hurt, but I'm surprised that Gibson didn't make it. Uh, Martin Jones and Mike Smith. Again, who else are you going to choose from Arizona? Uh, unless it's Oliver like Ekman Larson. And is he having a typical Oliver Ekman Larson year? No, that team's having a down year. I could live with the goaltending. I can. Um, defense, Brent Burns. Drew Doughty, Cam Fowler. I don't think there's any room for a complaint here. Uh, forwards, Jeff Carter, great year. Goudreau uh, has bounced back after early after early injury. Bo Horvat as the Vancouver player. Uh, Ryan Kessler, Connor McDavid, and Joe Pavelski. Uh, you know, and 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 Ryan Getzloff just got hurt, so maybe that was a factor in the Kessler choice. Yeah. So interesting picks. I mean, again, it's you. You know from watching this show that I am not the biggest fan of the All Star um, game. It's going to be uh, played on January 29th in Los Angeles. Like like we said, it's the off week in between uh, the uh, the NFC AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. So you have that game. I think the pro the, the NFL Pro Bowl is that week as well, and uh, the AHL All Star Game as well. So you get them all done in that in that that boring mid midweek uh, or middle uh, weekend in between the Super Bowl and the AFC. The NHLs is still better than the Pro Bowl. I'll give them that. Yeah, well, it it is because I mean, who I uh, I barely want to watch regular games. What am I going to watch the Pro Bowl for? So, okay. Um, we, we talked yesterday about uh, some goaltenders being placed on the waiver wire. We're not going to talk this 
talk about this too much, but uh, Curtis McElhaney, waived by the Columbus Blue Jackets, has been claimed by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, McElhaney will back up uh, Frederick Anderson. I would not be surprised if McElhaney gets his first start uh, either on Friday against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden or on Saturday in Ottawa. The Leafs come back after the five-day respite and play back-to-back. I applaud the Toronto Maple Leafs because this one was not just this one was out of frustration because probably the coach decided he'd only played him seven games, he didn't like what he saw, and he wasn't going to use him again. Well, yeah, I mean, he he will not play Jonas Enroth again. They went to the, – No, no, I mean – but I mean Tortorella and oh, McElhaney. He was never going to play him again. Yeah, but the, fun, the funny thing is, is, and I just saw this report uh, before we uh, started the show, uh, Bobrovsky is sick. So they had to call up Corpusallo to back up Forsberg. So now you've got the Lake Erie Monsters goaltending tandem. All of a sudden is the Columbus Blue Jackets goaltending tandem. But Tortorella works better that way because he would rather he would rather put in Stu Bickle than than somebody like, you know, a name a big name, Wade Redden or whatever that he's mad at just to suit his own purposes. We know this about him. Right. Now from the Toronto perspective. Uh, Mike Babcock is never going to play Jonas Enroth again. Um, I would not be surprised if Enroth, because right now, now you're going to have uh, Antoine Bebo and Garrett Sparks down with the Marlies. I don't think Enroth is going to get any work. Uh, Darren Drager just reported what I had found out um, uh, a couple days ago that uh, uh, Kari Ramo uh, re-injured his knee and had minor surgery on his knee. Uh, and decide, I didn't know about the surgery, but I knew that he was re, he had re-injured himself. Uh, he's going to be out until at least February. So there's really no avenue here for Enroth other than collecting his $750,000 salary. He's probably going to be somebody who just sits there, or if he can find himself an opportunity in Europe, they would uh, put him on unconditional waivers. Or beer league hockey. When, you know, when the uh, Leafs are done using the facility, I'm sure there are guys that come in. Maybe Enroth can play. Yeah, I, I, I still honestly, you know, I, it's not I, fair to him, but he's got to play somewhere. I think, yeah, and they're not going to send him down to the ECHL. So it's, but you know, maybe, maybe they, maybe they find a team that's looking for a back, looking for a backup, or looking for some depth. It's a I hope so for his sake. Yeah, so do I, because I, you know, I think he's a good goaltender. I've never, you know, I've never had a chance to talk to him, but from what I've heard, he's a good guy. I thought it was a good signing for the Leafs because he's a veteran guy and had played well in the Atlantic Division, and you know, he had a few bad games. This is, and bad this is just a year where head coaches have drawn a line in the sand and said, I don't like this backup. I'm not using him. This yeah, two teams, and, now, two teams that are doing it. And things are so tight right now that the points earned by backup goaltenders is the difference between making potentially making and missing the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, the Leafs are right in it. You're right. Yeah. Um, Wait, you're letting that go? No, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I mean, I'm not right. I don't think they're going to stay in it. But no, they're in I, it. Neither, neither do I. But I mean, you can't deny that right now they're in the, the they're in the thick of it. But their schedule. It's funny after the five day uh, break. This was um, I heard this yesterday. They have 43 games remaining in 87 days. So that's one every two two game two days. Yeah. So well, they're getting Clark MacArthur back on the power play. That'll make all the difference. He's in Ottawa now. Oh well, in Ottawa then. <laughs> but yeah, I knew okay. he was going to make a difference for somebody. Yeah, he would have made a difference for the Leafs back in 2012. Yeah. Um, okay. I lost track of Clark. He gets hurt too much. Yes. There you go. Um, 
TSN's Darren Drager uh, was reporting this morning that, you know, the, sort of the vultures are circling around the Colorado Avalanche uh, regarding, I mean, there's a lot of speculation right now. I, one, one thing, Russ, is that, and I put this out on our, our NHL Rumor Buzz column, right now, legitimately, there are three sellers. Three. Arizona, Colorado, and an outside chance of the of the New York Islanders. Everybody else is so close that I think the decision to come down whether they're going to be sellers or buyers or just stand pat is going to be, you know, the second, third, and last week of February as March first approaches. You know, listen, you you want Gabriel Landeskog that bad? Then give me Brandon Carlo and Jeremy Lawson, and then I'll trade him to you. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Ak reported yesterday, and it's been out there about Landeskog. I mean, there were there were rumors last week about Boston can't afford to make that trade. No, and that's the thing. It's like unless 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 Colorado has come off the we you know we want Brandon Carlo, who's from I think Colorado Springs. Yeah, unless they've come off of that. You know, I I don't think that Don Sweeney right now, where the defense with the with the Bruins, where it is. I mean, you have an aging uh, Zidane Charles with one year left in his contract. You've got a you know a, a small but effective, mobile and offensive guy in Tori Krug. Um, you know, Carlo is 20 years old and is I would say a guy you keep as a building block on the de- on defense. But the rest of them, I mean, that's on the NHL roster right now. Adam McQuaid is in and out of the lineup. John Michael Lyles is a veteran. And there's not a lot there. They're not going to trade unless they get they just completely get blown away. I can't see them trading a Lindgren, uh, a, a Charlie McAvoy, or a Brandon Carlo when they have so many holes on their blue line. The weird thing is, in 31 games for the Islanders, Seidenberg is 13 points. Maybe they should have just held on to him. Yeah, and they could make this trade, but they didn't. Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is, is they they get they could end up they could end up trading for him because he only makes a million dollars. I think I, I think the problem was, well, actually, isn't there a rule about that though? If you if you buy out a player, can you trade? Oh yes. Him? Yeah. And- so, I mean, the thing is, I don't think it was the fact that Seidenberg wasn't effective anymore. I think he was making $4 million bucks or over $4 million. Bucks See, but this is the thing. So it's like, you know, you're, Boston's in a spot right now where they're sort of, they've made their bed. And unless they could, I don't want to say snooker Colorado for this deal, it's not happening. Well, I mean, clearly, clearly Joe Sackick has come around to the point of view that everybody has had about the Avalanche over the last three years, their defense stinks, and they mm-hmm. they need they need to bolster it. Now the thing is, but it still doesn't mean that that no that you no. have to trade now. It doesn't. But the thing is, is like instead of doing these stopgap maneuvers like signing Fetter Tutin or adding Patrick Wirkosh or Eric Jelena, they should have gone out and either drafted defensemen or you know. Sign somebody in free agency. You know they 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 re they re upped Tyson Berry when they when they apparently you know didn't want to give him the money that they that they ended up giving giving him. But this is an acknowledgement that it was an oversight on their part. Everybody who looked at that roster said, "You've got Johnson, you've got Berry, and then what the hell else do you got?" Well, let's so, look at old Tyson Berry and see what he's doing right now. He is. 21 points in 39 games. And that's not bad. I mean, he's going to end up being a four, what, 40 to 45-point defenseman? That's – Yeah, that's what he is. He's minus 21. That's what he is. Right. He's a, he's, 
He is an he has a defensive nightmare. He's an offense offensive defenseman. You know, if you put him on your second pairing pairing and on your power play, keep him away from top four top line matchups, then you, you'll you'll be okay. But he in that situation is probably on that top pairing, and he's getting destroyed. So what's, what's killing him, and and he's still only twenty one. Is Nikita Zadorov has not reached his potential. I never thought he had offensive potential. I know other people did. I never did. But he has to reach his defensive potential, and he hasn't so far. If he See, that's the thing. And this is where Colorado may just have to deal with this and say, all right, look, another year of Zadorov. He may be better. We at least have a good top pairing. We can't get guys like this in the draft, meaning Landis Cog and, and Matthew Shane and Nathan McKinnon. You just, you know, unless you're drafting top three every year, you can't get those guys. Yeah, and and they ironically they took two players who may have been ruined or um, set back a bit by early exposure to the NHL by the Sabers. We know about Grigorenko played as an eighteen year old. But he's producing. Grigorenko is at least producing. So, <laughs> but he's never been the player that people thought he was going to be. And a lot of, a lot of people think that him playing and getting fourth line ice time as an eighteen year old stunted his growth in a way. Now Zadorov, Zadorov, when he was when he was nineteen, he played for the Sabers, and actually, I thought he was a pretty good prospect. He he showed a mean streak as a young defenseman that I mm -hmm. thought would would suit him well as he as he grew and gained experience. But he sort of just, you know, baseline. He hasn't gone up, and that, I'm a little surprised at that. And I, I think that's you know they needed him to be a top four defenseman, and I right they now did. I think he's a bottom pairing guy. Right, right now that's really what he is. Um, but he's only 21, so that's why I'm hesitant. Look what Jamie Alexiak's doing right now for Dallas. It took him a while because he's a bigger guy with big parts. Same thing with Zadorov. There's a lot of moving parts with big guys. I mean, you would say Jamie Alexiak now is a total success for Dallas. I mean, he's having a really good year. Yeah. But it took him a while. Every other year, people were sort of starting to question him. Um, you know, it's interesting. Grigorenko's right on pace for where he was last year, like 27 points. I mean, right now, on that team, that's what he is. If you put him with some better guys, you never know. But that's what he is. I mean, so he's at least producing. But, you know, again, unless you're picking top three every year, and not every year you can get a McKinnon. Not every year you can get a Duchesne. Not every – you know what I mean? Like yeah. the one year they got Joey Hishon, hey, the guy had post-concussion. I mean, there's nothing yeah. you can do about that. Right. He's a heck of a player. I mean, the only thing I'm saying is from the Bruins' perspectives, you know, if they're, if they're looking for that – Difference making forward, and you know the the rumor has been out there about Landeskog for a little while. I mean, going back to going back a couple of weeks to uh, I think it was Adrian Dater who originally broached the uh, the, the rumor. Um, I, I just don't see a path. You know, say for example, Don Sweeney doesn't want to give up McAvoy, doesn't want to give up Carlo. Then where where you know you're not going to get Landeskog for Ryan Spooner. You know, you're going to have to give up no. something of significance. I mean, just just to give you an example too. And we love Ranton, at least I do. He's got 18 points in 34 games, very quietly. Yep. He's not on the best team. He's 20 years old. Like, a lot of the problems with Colorado is they have guys that haven't reached their potential yet. And they're in that in-between zone where they're going to have to take their lumps for a couple of years. I don't think there's a magic trade for them because the way this league is with defensemen, unless they're going to spend a lot of money – and get Shattenkirk to sign on the dotted line before he comes, there's no magic deal for them. And because they've had a little more success than than Edmonton, they haven't been 
labeled as ruining some of these young players, but they're they've been putting these guys into the NHL as 18 year olds. McKinnon went in as an 18 year old. Duchesne and O'Reilly went in as 18 year old. Uh, they you know, at least they gave Ranton in a year in the American Hockey League to sort yes. of back. I think, Sackick, I think Sackick has pumped the brakes on that stuff, yeah. and I think we're starting to see better results. But you know, we don't see them overnight. And I think, honestly, if you ask me honestly, I think this is a function of the media just looking at Colorado, thinking well, they're going to make a deal. I haven't heard boo out of Joe Sackick, and until I do, I don't know he's making a deal. Or we don't know who's not, not of that nature, not right. of the. Or we don't know who's making the decisions. I mean, this could be this could be ownership saying, "Let's move these guys out." I mean, we don't know we don't know what the dynamic is there right now. I mean, it's after Patrick Waugh bailed in August, you know, and they bring in Jared Bednar as their coach. I mean, it's just been, you know, That's a part of the problem too is they're in transition right now. So it's really how are you going to make good decisions on a team in transition like this? You know, it's like. It's not the best time to do it. It's really not. I mean, look, Tyson Jost, he had a great World Juniors. They have to wait on him. It's just the way it is. Josh Anderson, he looks real good too, but they got to wait on him. I mean, they have guys worth waiting on. It's just they are in the same spot that Edmonton is, except they have a franchise goalie whose contract is running out, and they'll have to make a decision on that. And, you know, if you ask me, he's going to end up being the guy that gets dealt first than some of these other guys. Yeah. Um, okay, we had four games in the NHL last night. A couple we just want to go quick. No, no, no. Let's do the NHL list. We got to do the list. No, I, I know we will. You do these real quick. Yeah, All real right. quick. Just no, All just right. that uh, the Panthers won three nothing over the Devils, uh, two nothing Jets over the Flames, Hullabuck and Luongo with the shutouts. Um, the only thing I had to say about Wait, the Luongo did um, who did he pass Cujo? He passed Sawchuk for oh Sawchuk, sorry, yes for career for career wins. You know, the only thing I was going to say about that is that we've been talking, we've been slamming on Florida, um, and you know they're they're not exactly living up to expectations right now. But Huberto is skating, and they're not that far out. They're I only think a they're few- seven and thirteen though under Tom Rowe. It's something yeah. like that. But what you know, if they when if and when they get Huberto back, if it's before the All Star break, and if they st- it, it, you know they're playing b- way below expectations, but they're not far out of it, and that's what I'm saying. It's like if they if they if they have a second half where they play a little play a little closer to what they were, uh, what they were last year in the second half, they're you know then teams like Toronto, Ottawa. Uh, Boston, or have to worry about those. You know, if they, if they think they're going to have a, a guaranteed shot at the play, playoffs. I mean, Tampa is going to get better, I still think, and Florida is going to get better. And if they do, then it's going to be a battle for those second and third spots in the Atlantic. Um, six four uh, Dallas, uh, LA Kings last night. Uh, yeah, ten combined goals. That's a big deal. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I watched the last the last part of that game. Um, not great goaltending out of, uh, I think it was Kerry Latin and then Niemi had to come in to replace him. Um, now Montreal, Washington was the central game of the night last night, 4-1 victory for the Capitals and Alex Ovechkin fittingly ties Rocket Richard for, uh, in, on the all, a career goal list. But he's still yeah, yeah, but he's he's terrible, and he and with with the two additional assists that he had, he now has nine hundred and ninety nine career points. Who cares? He hasn't won a cup. He stinks. Well, yeah, I you know, I mean, that's what people say. I'm not saying that. The, the, the question that's is where you sound ridiculous because we're watching one of the all time all time greats. Yes. It's he's not the GM. It's not his fault. His team not winning the Stanley Cup. You can't put it on one guy in this era. You can't do it. 
Well, see, and that was where I was going to go with this. And, you know, because nobody knows how far he's going to go. I mean, if, if he wants to play as long as Yarmer Yager, he could catch Yager in terms of career points. But I don't, I don't perceive Ovechkin playing until he's 45 years old. But the, que- the question is, Washington's in this position right now where Ovechkin's 31. He's still in his prime. He's still one of the best players in the league. They've got the goaltender. They've got the, they've got the complementary forwards. They may need that one piece before the deadline. Yeah. Do you think a guy? You know, do you think uh, McClellan? I mean, they they can create some cap space by doing some moves. I, you know, there was a rumor earlier yeah, about Mike like, Richards. Mike Richards is still looking for a job. Yeah, but I think if the the, the move that they're looking, the move that I think they they should be looking to make is not the let's add Mike Richards, let's add that veteran guy as a third line, fourth line center. I think they need that one more guy in the top six or that one. They don't even have a roster spot. Like, you know, I think just keep playing Verona and see if he fills that role. Well, like I, I, just, I think playing Verona, I think playing, you know, Burkowski, you know, fine. I'm just saying I, I think they need they need one more difference maker to get past Pittsburgh. Every year they tried to add that guy and every year it fails. That's all I know. So you, you, don't, you don't think – like, I mean, honestly, I think – with the 2017 draft not being as strong as the last two years, they will be willing to trade their first round pick at the deadline to get that one more piece to get to get past Pittsburgh. Like George McPhee did for Philip Forsberg, is that what you want to do? Well, no, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying trade. Uh, I'm not saying trade. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, this is what ends up happening because you yeah. say it's not that deep a draft, and then they'll trade the pick, and then they'll get a player, and then this player will turn out to be like you know a 20 goal scorer in five years, and then we'll kill the trade. I mean, I mean, would you trade Samsonov? No. If you got, got a play, untouchable. Yeah. Okay. If you if you got a player that you thought gave you a great chance to win the Stanley Cup, you wouldn't trade. Okay. I will let Braden Holpe's contract almost run out, and I'll trade him first. Hmm? Okay. I might play Samsonov in two years if Holpe doesn't win it, and that's why I'm not trading him. And then I'll trade Holpe. Now you mentioned earlier we, we we this was a this was a point of discussion at the uh, Centennial Classic when the a lot of people yeah for a lot of people and the thing was I um there was a well known reporter who walked up to me in the room and I took a picture and believe me it's a picture for the ages folks when I'm standing there in in the in the media room at the uh, at the at BMO Field and I take a picture with Gretzky, uh, Glenn Hall, Johnny Busick. Red Kelly, Johnny Bauer, Dave Keon, um, oh God, you're forgetting Gary Batman, but that's all right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's right. That was the guy I forgot. Damn it, he was right. He was right on the tip of my tongue. But and the federal reporter came up to me and says, "What's this for?" I'm like, "They said I think it's the top 100." Yeah, you know, it's I, it's been announced. It's been publicized, but. They announced 33 of them, and and the thing was, it sort of the the news sort of petered out. It was like okay, it, it was a little vague, and that's why on Twitter I was bleeding out stuff because we were trying to figure out well, what 33 are they and in what, order? Are and they, what, what it ended up being was the 33 players who played before 1967 from from the first the first 50 years from 1917 right. to 1960. I think they said 66. So 66, 67. So to, to you know, so these 33 players who the majority of their career uh, was in that first 50 years were 
named. And now the and now the, the the 67 spots remaining will be of players who played after 1967. Now the thing that's interesting when you discussed this before the show is that there are a couple names out there like Bobby Hall who is not on the list and by, you know I Bobby Hall has to be on the top 100 list. So but the thing is that the his career, I mean his greatest NHL career totals were before 1967. Yeah, there's guys like that, like Johnny Busick, same sort of thing, but I still would I would have held Busick, so I could have had another couple of old timers. Like here, to me, the biggest one was Bill Cook. Now here's his here's his credentials. So well, this, was, this is what we're doing here. We we're because um, th this is what we did right after the announcement, because there were names and and you know, Russ has written books on the Rangers, and we looked at the list, and there was only one career New York Ranger, and that was Andy Bathgate. Andy Bathgate, and now you know guys. Guys like Jacques Plant played for the Rangers, but yeah, but they were you know right. But they, they, yeah. they were sort of like he played a year or two, and not the not their most of the majority of their career. And you know, you're talking about in that span from the 17 to 66. Most of the time, the league was a six-team league. It was an original yeah. six. So to only have one Ranger on that team was a little bit of an a little bit of an oversight. But it, it, it is so here. So Bill Cook. Three-time 30-goal scorer. I mean, he – he you know, this is 30 goals in 44 games. He once had 33 goals in 44 games. Like, just think about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, most years he rivaled Lyle Conagher, who's on the list. I mean, he was right up there with him. He played oh, on the bread Charlie, line. Charlie Conagher. Charlie, Charlie. Charlie. Sorry, not Lionel. There's the Lionel, too, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Charlie Conagher. Um, he played on the bread line. In the 1928 Stanley Cup, the bread line scored every goal. Let that sink in for a minute. Every goal. And they won the Stanley Cup that way. Man, the yeah. shutdown line for those other teams must have really sucked. They must have really sucked. Um, <laughs> his own player, Frank Boucher, a great center, who's going to be brought up in a minute, was quoted as saying he was better than Gordie Howe and Rocket Richard. Now, was he a little biased? Maybe. But, I mean, these are the names he was always mentioned in. I was told by a lot of historians that Bill Cook was Rocket Richard before Rocket Richard. And one year he, he came in second in the heart voting, Eddie Shore. And in that year, he had 50 points in 48 games, which back in the dead puck era, those are huge numbers. I mean, those are big numbers to get. And he didn't even win a heart. All right. So we go from him. We'll go to Frank Boucher, who won seven Lady Bangs. I'm not a huge binger, but back in those days, it was a big deal. Right. And he won it seven times. He was almost a point a game on a lot of seasons. He was twice in the top five voting for the heart. So, I mean, shows that he was one of the league's best players. Again, I don't see how he's not in there. And Frank Brimsick's the other one who really was an American pioneer. Mr. His 252 wins and 40 shutouts stood for a long time as a record for American goaltenders. Now, here's an interesting one. You would think that this isn't the case, and maybe Wikipedia is wrong, and I didn't have a chance to double-check it. Glenn Hall has the record for goalies for, for 10 All-Star appearances. And he has eight, Frank Brimsick. That's how it's listed. And so maybe because of injuries and other things, not enough goalies make it. Maybe that is the case. Um, so Frank Brimsick's another one. Now, here's who I would take out. I would take out Busick because he could be on the crossover. Even though he had more years on these times, I think players from the early 1900s are getting shortchanged here. Well, well let's let's alternate here because I'll, I'll, you yeah, – Yeah, you go. Okay, you move – so you remove Johnny Busick. Yes. But he'll make it. He'll make it on the on the back end. 
Yeah, he's going to be there. I think I think he will. Um, the one, the first one that was glaring, and people in Detroit will be pissed off, is Sid Abel. And the and the reason the reason being, he only had 189 career goals. He only, you know, the, I think he made it because he was on the production line with Lindsay yeah. and Howe. But if you look. He was on the production line, I think, for like three, three year, three or four years. Then he got, then he got moved to Chicago. Um, his career totals are not fantastic. The bulk of his career, the, the the prime years of his career, were during the War years, and that's always a, that's a big thing with me because a lot of these players went and served in World War II. So the right. in during the War years was not it was not as good. You can you can use that argument in baseball, you, and you can use that argument in hockey. Yep. So. I, I, Abel was one of the guys I removed. Now, who was your next one? Sid Abel's the next one for me because I looked at it and I thought the same thing. Who's the next one that you'd remove? Uh, Toe Blake. I, uh, funny thing is, I think Toe Blake makes it not only because he was a good player, but because he was a great coach. Right. He is on my list too. But you see, and that's the thing. When you start looking, and I don't want to rip the whole panel. There's some very esteemed guys on the panel and I – I asked around. I did a little research that day, and some people did vote for Bill Cook, but clearly not enough. Um, but Toe Blake did have this bigger-than-life reputation. And even when you start looking at the list on NHL.com and as explanations, you know, like Sill Apps, it said, like, athletic and something. It's like, listen, this is, you know, again, these are supposed to be your best players. Yeah. And – Three of the guys I mentioned were clearly best players in the league. I mean, they. Really, I mean, there's no question about it. And and see, the thing is, I think just as a, I think Abel benefited from being on the production line with a generational talent in Gordy Howe. Yeah. Uh, Toe Blake benefited from being on the line. You know, it was the the famous Blake Elmer Locke Rocket Richard line. He right. benefited from being a complementary player to the best player. You know, one of the top five, six players in the history of the league. And Not see, the that's same. an amazing thing right there because two-thirds of the bread, you know, basically you got two-thirds of the bread line didn't even make it for the right. Rangers. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he his again, his peak years were during World War II and 235 career goals, which is, you know, it's for, for, the, for an era where there wasn't a ton of goal scoring, that's, that's good. But I, I think – I think the fact that he was the coach that coached that team, the Montreal Canadiens, to five consecutive Stanley Cups in the 1950s is the reason why he is on that list. He's a good player and a great coach, and I think that both of them but this, Yeah, but this is, you know, again, this is a player list. Coaching should not even be a consideration. Right. I, I I agree, I, but I think I think it had this is to be akin to like putting Joe Torre in the players' wing of the Hall of Fame. Look, Joe Torre hit three sixty three one year. Yeah, still doesn't belong to be in you know the Hall of Fame. Now this one, this one, okay, this one is controversial. Are you fans? You know I'm a Met fan, but I'm but I speak the truth there. Yes, there you go. I okay. I was looking for a goaltender on the list, and for you know. Looking at, I almost took off Vesna, but he, you know, I think he's there because the trophy's named after him. Right. But his record, you know, he before there was an NHL, and then through through 1926 with the Canadians, he played every game for the franchise. He won Stanley Cup, won their first two two Stanley Cups, and then he died 
of tuberculosis in 1926. So it's, you know, I mean, I, I get it. it I, don't think, I don't think you have to remove a goalie to add a goalie, though. It's not like they had a proportionate team here. Well, the, the thing was, the one right, that's true. But the one I would potentially remove, and it might be controversial because his NHL career was only seven years. But, and, but, of course, in those seven years, he won the Vesna six times, and he was the NHL first-team All-Star all seven times, is Bill Dernan. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, again, he plays and he's playing for the Canadians, you know, the, 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 Rocket, the Rocket Richard Canadians, you know. Um, and not to say he's not a great, great goaltender, but uh, the guy who was left off this list is – is the guy who replaced Vesna in Montreal is George Hainsworth, who's third in the NHL in NHL history in career shutouts with 94. The only guys who are ahead of him are Marty Brodeur and Terry Sawchuk. And how can you leave George Hainsworth off this list? That's why I had to pick one goalie to take off. Of no, I think it's a solid name. I thought of him too. The, the, the issue with these guys is they've, you know, they're long passed away. Like Bill Cook died in 1986. It's not their fault. But when you have a panel like this, you just sort of wish there was sort of a review of how many players do we have from each era? How many are really represented here? Because, again, there are some tail end guys on this list that have basically taken spots from the real pioneers. And, you know, it's hard to screw the pioneers because, again, it was a different game then. Life was harder. They took a train. Like, there's just, you know, they didn't have all the benefits of players of today. They had wooden sticks. Did they even have a Zamboni at the beginning? They didn't, right? Two, bar- two barrels with a wheelbarrow. Yeah. 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 I mean, so the ice was shitty. I mean, so there's a lot of things they had to overcome. Food was great, but everybody smoked like a chimney. You know, you know, it's just there were a lot of things. And I mean, Howie Morenz was on the list. Yeah. Um, but not but not a guy like Cyclone Taylor. So it's like you've got you've got a I mean I think that they opted more for the guys that we've actually seen and there's actually document you no know, there's film of them than the guys who are legends. I mean well, that's another thing. I was I was ta- talking with Paul Paku when we were chatting at, yep. at at the at BMO and he said some of the same things I did in the sense that I didn't see these guys either, but I talked to a lot of guys, like Emil Francis, like guys who were around then, and they were the ones who told me how great these players were because I can't see video footage of them. I can only look at box scores, and I can only see a little bit of video that exists, and they're the ones who I'm relying on. We're not relying on many of those guys on this panel, unfortunately. There's a few, but a lot of them have passed. And so this is where I feel like, the people on the panel should have like looked up old newspaper clippings, see what people were saying about them, see what the league said about them, see how important they were to the league, to their franchises. Like, you know, as an example, Cook was the first All-Star, first Stanley Cup winner. Like, you know, he, he there's no more important guy than Bill Cook in Rangers history. There really isn't. Yeah, and Except Brian Leach, we voted number one for other reasons. But now, anyway. that was the thing I was gonna. That was the thing I was gonna ask. If you, if we take the sixty-seven here, if we take it from the Rangers' perspective, I, I mean, do you think Brad Park is in the top hundred? I do because Brad Park had to overcome tremendous knee injuries. He had big ice bags on his knees in the locker room many times. He also, if you look up Brad Park, besides scoring all those points had 100 PIM seasons because he had to protect himself and others. A lot of times Brad Park was sticking up for other guys on the team. So not only was he the second 
defenseman to Bobby Orr, which many people felt. Right. But he also had to stick up for himself. And so, like, a lot like Boya Salming, he was in the box a lot. He was a tough guy, but he had bad knees. And so, like, when you look at Brad Park's numbers today, he would be like Drew Doughty. Like, he, you know, yeah. maybe a little tougher Drew Doughty. Maybe Drew Doughty's, you know, got a little better um, overall stamina. But you get what I'm saying, the importance. But, but you know, the thing, the thing is, is that Brad, Brad Park had knee problems, but he was able to fight through them and have a, long, a much longer career than Bobby Orr did. I mean, I remember yes. Brad Park with the Bruins scoring an overtime goal in Game 7 in 1983 against the Sabres. So yeah. he, he lasted for a while longer. I mean, people yeah. don't realize that basically by 1976, Bobby, Bobby Orr's career was over with. He started in 66. His career lasted 11 years, and he missed a lot of time in between. Yeah, Park and Orr intersected for a very short time there. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had a dollar for every time Don Cherry talked about Orr and and park on the same power play and how the power play was like 50% effectiveness. Uh, you know, my God, but, uh, but no, I, I, I would think park and probably park, leech is leech should be on it. Yeah. Um, you know, someone like John Rattel may not make it now. Another, another name, another name that sort of crossed the line there. Cause he's, his career started in the, in the in early, early to mid sixties was Espo. He's got to be on the list. Espo has to be on the list. Yeah. So Hall and Espo, I mean, you know, Bobby Hall scored, you know, Bobby Hall won a Stanley Cup with Chicago in 1961. So I think I think Bobby Hall is waiting on this list because of the WHA. I do. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, it, it, let's just say it will be a it will be a friggin' travesty if Bobby Hall is He'll not be on it. But I think he's waiting because of the WHA. I mean, <laughs> now Stan Makita was not on this list, was he? Uh, nothing. No, I did not see Stan Makita. I expect to see Stan Makita. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's the thing. So. You know, you're talking – if you're talking Chicago, you're talking – He makes a great donut. He was a great player too. <laughs> you're talking Makita. You're talking Hall. You're talking Taves and Kane. And of, of, the, of, the, modern, of the modern Hawks, probably Taves and Kane and maybe Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith should not be on the list. Now, that's the thing. Uh, they were talking about this on Saturday. They were saying Drew Doughty is going to be on the list. Drew Doughty shouldn't be on the list, yeah. Now that's the thing. How do how do you determine players who are not even their careers are not even complete yet? You have to project, right? And does that mean does that mean Connor McDavid's going to be on the top one hundred list? No, he can't be. Right. But I think of all the defensemen, and again, this will drive people crazy because of credentials. Eric Carlson's the closest to being able to make that list. I think Zdeno Chara is going to be on the list, and Chara could be on it too. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, okay. Good show, Russ. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, Ak should be back. Uh, we'll be talking about the latest rumors and maybe retouch on the on the All Star game because Ak will want to get his uh, his two cents in on the uh, on the selections. Uh, for Russ Cohen, uh, my name is Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.